Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello. Hello. We are starting a cult. That's who we are. That's, That's what true. we do. That's, That's why true. we're here, because we're doing that. You're right. For you're right. you. It, uh, How about you, that? I know, dude. You're grand. I'm Jake. We're starting a cult. It's amazing. That is true. And we're and back again. We are back on the beautiful, uh, what's the date? The 18th of February, yeah, which, 2022. Which means we just passed Valentine's Day. Which is true. And you know how we got to celebrate here? We, uh, for those of you that aren't in the Midwest, this is what we've been dealing with in this area. Um, it snowed, what, probably about between 10 and 13 inches two weeks ago. Yep. Um, so it snowed real bad. Uh, we, you know, pretty much everything was shut down for at least a day, sometimes two. Yep. Depending. It was bad. Um, it was real bad. We finally recovered. And believe it or not, Wednesday, it was like 53 degrees. And all that shit melted. It was like all gone, like everywhere. And then um, it rained about two inches, and then it went to about 14 degrees. Yep. And uh, everything and was, was frozen, and we got about five to six more inches uh, two days ago. It was just sleeting fucking sideways, just ice crystals in your eyes. Yeah, it was fucked up. Um, so, yeah, we're, 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 this is, that's how we were blessed by Cupid, was just being molested in the worst possible way by that creepy uncle that is nature yeah um yeah. nature's always so creepy but we're back and today's a great day um it is we you know it's friday we got a new episode of the show uh the new texas chainsaw is out today we're gonna have a little viewing party of that later on Hell it's gonna yeah. be great some friends over you know we're gonna hang out watch some fucking texas chainsaw see where the night takes us Maybe we'll kill, maybe we'll be killed, I don't know. Who knows? But in the meantime, working up to that moment of the night, we're going to do our brand new episode on the Valentine's Day Massacre. The Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. How silly of me. <laughs> How ridiculous. I forgot two measly fucking letters. And a dot. And a sentence stopper. How, I, mm. You fucking, you're, just get, get mm. with it, Grant, come on. Just, uh. Just, uh, well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <coughs> that is what we're going to be doing today. So I hope you guys are ready because we're going to tell you a little bit about some some mass occurring. No, it's true. It's a, this mass occurred, yes. It's occurring. This massacre know. had occurred at a massacre. Massacring? Ma- masticate? 
Yes. Yes. All right. There we go. Dude, I don't think we've ever done a uh, a story on gangsters. No, and we've it's, never even mentioned it. It's actually really funny because uh, I was talking to George. Now, keep in mind, this was probably two, three weeks ago, but we were playing um, something. I don't even fucking remember. But we were chatting, and he was like, "You know what?" He was like, "You should do episodes on gangs." And I was like, I really ran with it. I was like, that's a cool idea, like gangs and stuff, blah, blah, I talked about it for probably 15 minutes. And then Georgia was like, no, I said games. Like, you should do, like, <laughs> he was trying to tell us that we should, like, stream video games. Like, it was like a, as yeah, a bonus, Yeah, why you know? not? We could do that. That would be a cool idea. And I was like, that would be cool. But I, it spawned an idea of, like, doing, like, gang activity shit. It really could be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. No, he planted the seeds. He didn't even know it. It'd be really, really hard to tackle, I think, but it's something we would definitely be able to do. We could do that, and hopefully, uh, it'll it'll happen eventually. We got to got some Games. stuff to get through first, but uh, yeah. So that this yeah. is a little preview of what may or may not come in the future for us. Yeah, there you go. Uh, gangs before games. Yes, is what we always say here. In this, always in this room, you have to be cool with the gangs before you can play their games. Just be cool, dude. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into St. Valentine's Day Massacre, right? fucking crazy the saint valentine's day massacre was a historically unsolved that's very important gunning down of seven individuals either in or associated with chicago's infamous north side gang Ooh. right the irishman uh so not not to be mistaken with the chicago outfit uh, the north side gang that is not to be mistaken with the chicago outfit which was a south side gang ran by the infamous al capone we got Al Capone as a character this week. Right. Yeah, it's not the real guy. It's, this is another guy. His name's uh, Al. Not you know. That's it's a guy. Alfred, not Albert. It's Albania. What's Capone. his full name? Is it Albert or Alfred or Alan? I don't Alan. Know. Is, is that God, too, Al could be anything. Is it too new? I don't know. Alcor. Oh God. He's going to take your body. Well, uh, so, so let's get into a little bit of the background. Because one, you know, one really needs the full story to fully understand why. It's, I mean, it's it's gangs. You're gonna, always going to assume, like, oh, that gang killed the other one. Who knows? All right? We need, we need some background on this, okay? Right, right, right. Right. So it all started with the 18th Amendment to the Constitution, right? That pesky amendment. Yeah, in January of 1920, banning the manufacture of transportation of uh importation or exportation of alcohol no booze at this time for some reason i never thought that'd be a good idea like i mean let's it's just, like morally corrupting the country let's just alcohol. think rationally i mean i think that i really hope that that taught us our lesson um but in a way it's like it it, it hasn't because we're we're going down that road now and i'm not even going to go political here because, um, you know, we're kind of all over the map when it comes to that for us. Yeah. Um, But the idea, like, let me put it this way. Whatever you guys perceive this to be, you could take it as. But I hope that we've learned our lesson that banning anything and making it illegal to have. It just makes it so highly sought after. It it just creates a market for it to happen in a very dangerous way. Um, yeah. We've seen that with pot. Um. The war on drugs, uh, drugs won that war, and now they're legal. And we're, believe it or not, not even all the states or the federal government says marijuana is legal. 
But we're inching ever closer to psilocybin mushrooms being legal. Damn right, dude. Microdose that shit. Feel happy all the time. So in a mere decade, we have gone from all drugs are bad to, well, Maybe a little mushrooms. mushrooms are cool. Yeah. You guys can do that. That's fine. Mushrooms never hurt nobody. Mm-mm. And for those of you wondering, um, just an interesting take on this if you're into mushrooms. Uh, no one's ever actually died from consuming mushrooms, either in overdose form or anything like that. Um, obviously, I have no data on, like, you know, what it might do to you mentally. Maybe you, like, take mushrooms and, like, put your face in a blender. I don't know. But it can happen, I assume. But yeah. uh, you don't overdose on that I shit. I would recommend not doing that. It's the same with pot. No one's ever overdosed from pot or been killed by pot. Now, what you do when you're on it is, you know, that's... That's a personal decision. Yeah, you know, that's we all you. Control that shit. But uh, yeah, how do we? Get, oh yeah, we were talking about banning things is terrible. Yeah, so let's just not. The Eighteenth Amendment. It took away alcohol. Yeah. Weirdly enough, it didn't take away the like. It it was still legal to possess and consume it, but you couldn't like buy it or transport it or make it. So if you had it, fuck it, it's so good, right? So like the prepper pretty people? sweet. Yeah, pretty sweet for, if you had like a stock home beer the super stocked home bar what the, the fuck happened crazy there crazy alcoholic people are just like it's our time to shine we're rich now <laughs> like we have it everything's awesome this single bottle of beer is now worth like 50 dollars by itself <laughs> well this is what you were just talking about in any case the the reaction of the people of the u.s or more specifically those involved in like organized crime was immediate oh, like yeah. within an hour of the laws taking effect whiskey trucks were like being hijacked Oh, yeah. Like, within an hour. <laughs> so, eventually, however, uh, but, but still uh, pretty quickly, the bootlegging business became the heart of the cr- of the organized crime, you know, uh, world. Yeah, the That was the, the biggest thing. Some historians attribute the rise of organized crime to prohibition directly. Oh, I would 100% agree with that. It was a cash that. cow, just like, automatically. They were like union busters and shit like that, and then prohibition came, it was like... Um, we can make some real money here. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, gangs previous to this were super into, like, uh, uh, just, like, robbing, gambling, and, pro- like, prostituting. Yeah. Those were, like, the main things, but prohibition like racket was... type of shit. Like, it's like, yeah, we got a yeah. racket downtown. Now it's like, we have an empire. We could literally... Yeah, this is how the gangs got, like, rich. And it was international, too. Like, it wasn't, you know, city by city. It was, like, there were trucks that were in fucking New York... That would be stolen and then redistributed out in the Midwest and like vice versa, you yeah, know. Yeah. So like this was this was international. It was practically global at that point. A booming business for the uh, the crime families of America. And the yeah, there's no way to no way to stop that train. People want to drink. Oh yeah, and when there's money to be made, there's an increase of danger. Okay. Absolutely. Gangs began fighting with one another for territory. True turf wars in that way, you know. Uh, and though gangsters would generally keep the violence uh, mobster to mobster, you know, just like within the mob community, uh, the city of Chicago was being made very aware uh, that their streets were riddled with dangerous people. Oh, yeah. Because it was just everywhere. The police weren't much help in quelling the citizens of Chicago's mines either. Uh, more often than not, police were often paid off by the mob to look the other way. And in some cases, they even, like, helped transport it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think... They're just driving the truck. They're like, is this good? Like, it's crazy. Think of how simple that is. I mean, you're a cop. 
you're fighting a losing battle. There's no way that you can catch everyone that's transporting alcohol or, like, owning it. So, really, your two options are you could be a straight cop who, you know, just everybody hates and your life is on the line because the mafia will just fucking kill you. Or you can give the people what they want, keep your job, and make money. Yeah. And just go about your day. The easiest thing to do when you're a cop is not be a cop and, in fact, commit crimes. Yeah. It's so easy, and you can just get money. It's great. It's perfect. It's literally the perfect crime. You're you're meant to do that almost. That's like... Yeah, so who are you going to call? Me? You idiot? Yeah. and it, you, I mean, that shit happens even to this day. People don't want to admit it, but that happens everywhere all the time. Yeah. And even, like, I'm sure this happens today, too, but even back then... The people higher up than them, like politicians, at the same time, they were also in bed with the mob. Oh yeah. So there was no, there was no stopping this. Really, it was just like gang activity and violence. It went largely unchecked by anyone outside of the mob itself. So it was just a self-checking system, and that was a very violent. Uh, yeah, it's a problem thing, for everybody you know? involved, pretty much. Not good. All right. So the gangs, right? The North Side Gang was an Irish gang, and the South Side Gang, which was the Chicago outfit. Uh, was an Italian gang. The Italians. Right. The Italians and the Irishmen. I never saw that movie, so I, I know that there's a joke somewhere in there, but I don't know what it is. I never saw it either. I don't have the patience for that. Yeah, It's like reading a fucking audiobook <laughs> version did, of the Bible. I did see a couple clips of uh, Robert De Niro like beating people up, and it's just so obvious he's like in his 70s yeah. and not actually beating people up. Yeah, I'm not, not really uh, enticed by that film at yeah, all. Yeah, but All right, so in the early 1920s, John Torrio, uh, an Italian gangster from New York, became the leader of the Southside Gang. Uh, working as a business manager for another gangster named Big Jim Colosimo. That has to be a nickname, that, right? There's no I way. don't know, man, but <laughs> Colosimo is like the coolest, most badass name I've ever heard. Yeah, you uh, don't fuck with Big Jim Colosimo. Big that Jim Colosimo, or is it Colosimo or something? <laughs> I either like, way. I like the idea of Colosimo. He's just Colosimo. big. His... The, his bloodline knew who he would be. He's like, That's this guy's going to be the next fucking whatever the purple guy is from the Avengers. Yeah, the fucking uh, Thanos. Yeah, sure. He's going to be the big fucking ball sack head looking. I'm sure this guy's got cooler stones on his on his fingers. Probably. So Colosimo, he was, he was in a, an old school kind of gangster. Mostly involved in gambling and prostitution before Prohibition, just like all of them, you know. Right. Uh, but once Prohibition took effect, he was known to have the mindset of, there's enough for everybody. Real socialist, this guy. That's a weird uh, mobster. Yeah, that right? Really is. Because he wanted. He was just like, I don't want any violence in the many gangs, bootlegging businesses. He felt that all gangs in the city could get more than their fair share of alcohol profits without disputes with one another. Okay. Which is like, yeah, like you said, pretty uncharacteristic seeming thing you know I, I mean maybe we're just desensitized or like mind fucking fucked by hollywood yeah we, you know it's I like mean, a lot yeah. of them are just like these are bad people and i'm sure there were plenty of them that oh i'm so sorry i just i passed some enormous gas here right as i burped it was it's gonna we're gonna get pink eye we're creating a vortex this is here. crazy um but uh yeah, I mean, I think in movies it's easy to have that dynamic of, like, I'm the powerful one, you're not. But the mafia, I mean, let's... They're just businessmen who work within 
breaking the law. Yeah, and I mean, so let's call it what law, it is. Basically. Whether you believe this or not, the government and the CIA all learned a lot of their tactics from organized crime back in the 20s and 30s. So they're, you know, you could tell that they're not all about destruction. It's very much like, well, we need these people. So, like, let's give them an inch so that they'll give us two inches, you know? There you go. Yeah, it's all about, it's uh, about scratching working each it out. backs. Yeah. That's the one thing that Hollywood got right was the whole, like, I gave you a favor. Now you owe me a favor. But That's respect, how the whole system right? operated. So, yeah. like, you can't just go around killing everybody because yeah. no one's going to want to work with you. And you have no business. Yeah, if you kill people, you're not going to work with anybody. Exactly. There's a whole uh, mind game to the mafia and shit. No, it's true. Well, another big thing about Col- Colosimo, uh, he he was you know also from New York. Colosimo brought with him a young Al Capone as a sort of protege. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so yeah. Capone looked up to him as as an advisor in the business as well as a father figure. So this is a big guy in Al's life. Uh, the counterpart to Torrio on the South Side Gang was a man named Dion O'Banion. That's the, an interesting name. Yeah, of the North Side. Dion O'Banion. O'Banion. I mean, obviously, you know he's a North Sider because that, that is not an Italian name. No, by it's any extremely way. Irish. Yeah, you throw an O in front of anything, and it's it's Irish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, O'Banion, he also had a few protégés, right? Jaime Weiss, or Weiss. It's it's one of those German names Jaime where Weiss? it's a W. I don't know if it's a V sound. But anyway, Jaime, Jaime Weiss and uh, George Bugs Moran. Nice bugs, baby. Bugs. Uh, so, Banyan grew up in Chicago's Little Hell area, better known as the previous site of the Cabrini Green projects. Previous? Wouldn't that be after? Yeah, like better known oh, now because I, yeah, Cabri- my bad. Cabrini Green is gone also. My <laughs> bad. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but my that's bad. like my more bad. famous. You know. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, that was yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. mistake. Yeah. So, Banyan was, uh, was born there. Then Cabrini Green came, and then it left, and now it's it's that location still. So, uh, it, you, you know, in an Irish family, that's how he grew up. And he had an uncharacteristic love for flowers. What a, flowers what and flower quirk. arrangement, yeah. He's, He's a, a quirky guy. A florist. Uh, O'Banion was uh, partially, he even partially owned and operated uh, out of Showfield's Flower Shop. So that was like his main hub. Yeah, that was that was the cover. I it mean, was the cover. That's the perfect cover because he actually likes what the cover is. Yeah, who suspects a florist? Also, and you could just blend in. He's like, I fucking love my job. Like, why would I jeopardize that? This is my life. Yeah, right. But little do you know, the back room is full of fucking illegal shit. That's a good way to show respect too, because he would often provide flowers for the most like most of the gangster related funerals in the city. Perfect. Dude. You know, this you guy's just see flowered them up. After they died. Despite his love for flowers, however, O'Banion more or less went to war with the Italians of the South Side, beginning with a business deal gone awry. It does not sound like a flower a flower lover. No, just, no. Like, go to war with like, a rival like a gang. Dick. You remember all the pictures of the hippies putting flowers and guns? What happened to that? Yeah, that's a fucking... Where does he stand? Which side of the, that's the photograph? That's just Art does not imitate reality in that world, no, for sure. No, not at all. Well, uh, the business deal gone awry. O'Banion offered to sell Torio of the of the uh, Southside Gang half interest in local in a local brewery uh, for five hundred thousand dollars. Damn! In nineteen twenties, that's Damn. an insane amount of money. 
Man, can you like look up the fuck? I keep thinking exchange rate, but it's not. I get the inflation rate. Inflation rate. Fu- I can Give never me the think number of it. one more time. Five hundred thousand dollars in nineteen twenty. All right. Do it. Do it. Do it. All do right. It. We're looking it up. 19... How much was this business? The the half interest in local breweries. Holy shit! Um, so it has the purchasing power of seven million dollars. Seven million twenty-eight thousand seven hundred dollars. So a nice hunk of change. Yeah, uh, especially back then. <laughs> this dude's got a fucking nest egg. He's got yeah, 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 the equivalent yeah. to seven million dollars right now. Yeah. So we offered to sell Torio half interest in a local brewery for that amount of money, that insane amount of money, five hundred thousand uh, dollars. In the process of this deal, after the money was exchanged, because Torio accepted, Torio went down in a police raid. Ooh. All right. Not only did O'Banion keep the $500,000, but he was partially responsible for Torrio going down in the deal. Damn. Because apparently, uh, we all we know of the motives of him were just like, oh, maybe I want to like fuck around with this guy, maybe I want to get money. But uh, in the specific case of O'Banion, he like was tipped off that there would be a raid on this deal. Mm-hmm. So he used it to get Torio in trouble, you know? All right, all right. Makes sense. And because of his lack of a criminal history in the books, as opposed to the long rap sheet of Torio, he knew that he'd get away unscathed. Ooh. It was a power play. And it was it was a 200 IQ move, in a way. Yeah, that's some, that's some straight mafia shit. That is, like, what they're all about, the yeah. intelligence. It's and not so much about power as it is, like... Smart like, moves, you oh, know. Oh yeah, you got to be reasonable about this. The smart moves bring you to the power, and they were they were smart enough to know that. Dude, I'm like totally in the mood for this shit. I, I just started watching uh, the Sopranos recently. Mm. I'm in a gangster mood. All Dude, right, you got to watch The Godfather. That's like the I haven't seen that either. That's like the pinnacle. I mean, I would recommend the whole trilogy. Obviously, the third one falls short of the other two, but there's no denying that the first two are just outstanding. All right, then. You don't even have to like the Mafia. It's just a good movie. My uh, 2022 is going to be my year of the gangster. It's very interesting. There's a lot of weird, crazy shit that happens in the Mafia. It's insane. And the next thing that's about to happen is even more gangster. All right? Uh, Mobster, rather. Uh, Because his transgressions, uh, O'Banion's, that is, uh, won him a little visit on November 10th of 1924 in the flower shop. Ooh. All right. So three men entered Showfield's flower shop on the north side, State Street, uh, you know, uh, saying that they were looking for a wreath. They were going to buy a wreath for the funeral uh, that they were attending for Mark Merlot, a prominent Italian gangster. All right. All right. Okay. Got to get the flowers. So one of the men, upon meeting O'Banion, he extended his hand for a handshake. Super nice. You know, just like all business. Hey, give me the wreath, please. And uh, when O'Banion reached for his hand to shake it, the other two men shot him six times. In his own flower shop. Baller move. Don't you hate when that happens? Baller fucking move, for sure. Yeah. So that's what you get for pranking the mob. All right? The Italian mob specifically. O'Banion's funeral was obviously bedecked in a shitload of flowers and decor, uh, including a basket of roses sent from Al Capone himself with a tag reading, From Al. That's that's sweet. Pretty nice, right? <laughs> Though he, you know, was probably directly involved. Uh, so this was the beginning of the direct and constant retaliations of the two gangs uh, to one another. Oh yeah, you started. So it. this is where it all pretty much starts. 
You picked the wrong flower. That's what you did. The wrong flower, all right? The wrong Ferrari. How about that? You picked the wrong fucking flower. Guess... Now everybody's pissed because he was the nice guy, you know? No, he was. He was the flower man. Everybody had a cool like little thing going with him, and then now it's it's over. Yeah. Where am I going to get my roses? My poinsettias. You got to go somewhere Christmas else, man. Time. Some I, not mob-affiliated flower store. He was the best, and now he's gone. You know who took over for him? Jaime Vice. Or Weiss. All I'm right. going to say Weiss. Jaime yeah, I, Weiss. I, I, I can't do pronunciations like that. I don't get it. It's ridiculous. But yeah, he took over leadership for Obanion in the Northside Gang. And uh, that very next year in 1925, organized an attack on Torio. Okay, severely wounding him. They didn't take him out, but he was uh, basically out of commission after this. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and he left the Southside Gang in the reliable hands of... Al Capone. He rose to power. Oh, yeah. Al Capone is in charge now. And that that's a whole other episode in and of itself, but yeah. Al Capone has a, a very wild ride to the top, and it's, as far as the mafia is concerned, it's it's relatively fast. It's That's why he's so prominent. He was so qualified. Like, that dude really climbed the ranks uh, in a matter of no time relative to that. It's true, dude. He was a natural. Uh, t- so these two gangs uh, were at odds for years following this uh, roster change-up, right? It, it went on for years. Uh, so Capone, even t- he even tried at a few points to you know, work out like an understanding, like a peaceful sort of like treaty with Vice, just mm. because it was getting like so ridiculous. But Vice was uh, sort of the aggressive type and would not see reason. Ah, uh, yeah, makes sense. You know, he just kept pushing and prodding, and he, was, he would call him fat. And he didn't like fat, that. Yeah, Al didn't fatty, like that. Fat, fat, fat. So, on October 11th of 1926, outside of the very flower shop in which his predecessor was gunned down, Vice was gunned down in the street on Capone's orders. Ooh. It's all in the same area. Hey. Th- this flower shop is bad news, I would find, as a Chicago citizen. Maybe I should not get flowers there. Or maybe you just really don't don't get too close with the person that is operating it. Yeah, maybe just like buy the flowers and leave, and just walk fast. And that, see, that's the another com. I wouldn't even say it's a misconception. It's something that is just not thoroughly explained. Um, the mafia weren't like the criminals of today that are very like take no prisoners, just like kill whoever gets in your way. Yeah, they were very adamant on. Not involving um, like casualties that weren't necessary. Yeah, it's like what I was saying earlier. Like they they kept the violence to each other. Yeah, not any like citizens and police if they, you know. Yeah, believe it or could not, could get away without. Uh, they were very doing that. most of the families. Um, I mean, and that's kind of you know all around the country where the mob operated. Most of the families were very protective of the community. And, like, if you, you know, if a fellow mob family killed, like, an innocent person that was in your territory, that was, like, a, an act of war. Yeah, it's much. like you, okay, you're going down. Yeah, man. like, that you're was. going downtown. That was worthy of retaliation. So, the, and the gangs of today, like, they have that in a, in a way, but they're a lot more guns blazing, to say the least. It's very much like, yeah. well, fuck it, whatever happens, happens. There's not quite as much respect. Yeah, it's a lot more... Because <laughs> I totally know everything about crime today. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm just venturing a guess based yeah, on like, what you can access, just obviously. what it seems, you know. Um, but yeah, like the mafia, they were very... 
protective. So this flower shop, you know, it's like even the local citizens, they were very aware that even though violence occurs there, it's like as long as you keep your nose out of it and like keep your head down, like it, you're not going to be the next one. Yeah, you you're going to be fine. Yeah, and they, I mean, the uh, the Northside Gang kept uh, Showfields as as like a base. Even after O'Banion was gone. So they were just like, this is definitely our place. Like, it has to be. I'm going to throw this out there. Yeah. Do you think it's called Schofields or Showfields? You know, I don't know. I keep hearing it, and I'm like, I can't decide. Schofield seems like something that I've heard before. I mean, obviously not in reference to this flower shop, but it just seems like a word that I'm like, that sounds right. Yeah. I don't know, though. Showfields or Schofields. I don't know. It's on State Street in the north uh, area. I wasn't around. I, I, I no also was not around. I can't I can't imagine it's still there. No. no well, if it is, it'd be cool. But It's you know. probably... We should it, go looking for it. Whatever place is now occupying it certainly probably has a plaque or something. Oh, definitely, yeah. That's some historical shit O'Banion right was fucked here by six bullets. And they're like, what is that? Oh, okay, oh. yeah, I get it. I get yeah. it. Well, uh, it, so, you know, Vice is dead, okay? And from the ashes of Vice rose the next man on the roster for the Irish gang's leadership. Ooh. Who do you think it was? Fucking, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Bugs. It was George Bugs Moran. Now it's right. Bugs VL. Bugs VL. That sounds like a fancy ass restaurant. Bugs VL. Bugs VL. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bugs VL. That is a fight you don't want to get in the middle of for certain. Yeah. Now, George, uh, he is better known for his quickness to violence than his, his intelligence in the game, right? So he was just kind of a hothead. Just to further, uh, you know, drive that point home, his name Bugs came from his reputation for having a short temper. So I guess, like, from bugging out i don't know if that was a term back then uh, yeah you know that's point. my best guess but bugs is apparently linked to his quickness to violence oh that's it that's interesting i didn't i never really put that together but I, that, that's smart i it's like cool that. it's cool that's good yeah. that's real good so in that way he was kind of like vice right he was argumentative he was like you know he was a dick Anyway, and so though a loose, peaceful understanding was reached that same year that Moran took over between the North and South Side gangs, it was pretty clear that old Bugs wasn't to be trusted. All right, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. This tension and silent disdain went on for uh, you know about three years. Uh, when in the early 1929, Moran was offered a full shipment of Canadian whiskey that was hijacked from Capone and the South Side Boys. Ooh. You can't be doing that. You can't be stealing shipments of whiskey. No, that's a big issue. That's bad. Uh, unless it's from, like, you know, a business. So, but you can't do it from the mob. All right? You're going to get killed. Anyway, Moran uh, accepted the offer from these unknown individuals. Unknown. And the transaction went swimmingly. No hassle, no headaches, just whiskey and money. Okay? That's what you want from a deal. Absolutely. There you go. You don't want, like, there's no better outcome, you know? No better outcome. Literally, the only outcome that's better is one that's non-existent, and that's where you make the deal, and whatever the deal involves, like, you get the money, and then you get that product back, and you can do it again. But that that's, you gotta, that's a lot of enemies you that's make. That's a lot of, that. yeah, there's a lot of uh, working parts in that, uh, moving parts, rather. Anyway, well, that, so it went off without a hitch, okay? It was so low stress. That when the same unknown individuals, unknown, uh, offered Moran yet another shipment of whiskey, 
He took the offer without hesitation. He's like, fuck yeah, it was so good last time. Let's do it again. Smart. You know? And it's during this second transaction that the uh, very topic we're discussing took place. Okay. 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 St. Valentine's Day. All right? It was on February 14th, St. Valentine's Day, 1929, on a cold gray day at 10.30 in the morning in the SMC North Cartage Company warehouse on North Clark Street in Lincoln Park, Chicago, that Moran and seven other individuals were to meet up with the sellers for the transaction. Okay. It's already sounding when when like one of the big guys has to go to the meeting or the meet, you know. He was there to like oversee it. It's supposedly. already in dangerous waters for sure. No, it's true. Um, I mean, obviously, there's exceptions, you know. If it's like in this case, it's it's supposedly a big shipment. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. You got to be there to supervise. Yeah. But the fact that an underwing wasn't sent uh, really tells you a lot about what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, six of the seven individuals present were members of the Northside Gang, but there was one dude who was just an optometrist uh, named Reinhardt Schwimmer <laughs> who literally just hung out with the gang for bragging rights among his normie friends. Well, he made a fatal error. Cool? <laughs> he made an absolutely fatal error. Yeah, yeah. Fucking stupid Hilarious. optometrist bitch. God damn it, look at my eyes. Uh, also present was a German shepherd named Highball. Highball. All right, amazing. He was tied to an axle of a car or something. But, um, and he, yeah, he was tied to an axle of a truck in the warehouse during the time it happened. But guess who wasn't fucking there? Moran. Bugs wasn't there. Spark, though. What what happened there? Anyway, so uh, around 10.30 a.m., while these seven men were gathered in the warehouse, uh, probably wondering where Moran was, four men pull up in a black Cadillac and get out. Or five men. Some, like, some accounts... Because there were people just walking around. It was like the middle of the morning. Yeah, absolutely. So some accounts say five, but like the official story is four men. Uh, so some were dressed as policemen, and others were in more average clothing for the time. So just like suits. Yeah, just suit chilling. Pretty much, yeah. But in any case, uh, these men arrived. They come into the warehouse, and just from their clothing, the seven Northside folk posit that this is just a routine bust. Right? They're just like, this happens all the time. It's going to be fine. We're in a crime syndicate. It's going to be all right. Yeah, it's normal. Everybody just chill. This is routine business. We do this all the, weekly, at least. It's true. As the cool, calm, and collected uh, gangsters that they were, they, they complied no problem with what the men said. And what they said was, uh, face the wall. Line up and face the wall is what they said. Smart. Okay. Once against the wall, however, the men impersonating policemen pulled out two Thompson submachine guns, which are Tommy guns, and emptied 70 bullets into the guys. Yeah. Yeah, into their backs. Very disrespectful. <laughs> uh, yeah, and after they were done doing that, to make sure that all the seven dudes were dead, they finished off each man with two shotguns. Smart. You gotta make sure. <laughs> Fucking crazy. No wonder this is a massacre. They're afraid of zombies and vampires. They gotta make sure that there's no coming back from that, you know? Dude, that's fucking... 70 bullets, that's 10 bullets apiece. Yeah. Plus two shotgun blasts. That's insane. Well, and you gotta think, too, a lot of the... A lot of the decisions made by the mafia, It's a lot of it's for show. And not for, like, newspapers, but more so, like, other gangs, like... You know, you do something we don't like. Like th- this is what can happen. Yeah, it's it's setting examples. So, know. what better message can you send than just turning like, seven 
grown men into nothing but bolognese sauce. So you will be ground into hamburger meat by my hand. Yeah, like just absolutely demolished. So that's cool. So yeah, they're dead, and uh, and the genius of the the men that were dressed, uh, you know, as policemen, mm-hmm. it came into play as they were exiting the scene because to an outsider, it looked like just policemen taking plain clothed men into custody. Okay? Right, right. And people were know. looking over there already because there was a bunch of fucking gunshots going off. Right. Uh, so want to know something even crazier though? Hit me with it. Hit One me. of the seven victims survived. Hopefully not the optometrist. No, I don't. I, I don't think so. He was a member of the North Side Gang, along with Highball. By the way, he was unscathed. That's nice. That's respectful. They're like he didn't yeah, do right? anything. The Highball is just is just hanging out. Now chances are he would have died anyway because he was tied up, and it's like you know if nobody came there, it was like well, casualties of war. But the fact that they didn't just put a bullet in his head is like you know what, we don't have to. You know, he, he doesn't <laughs> make respectful, these, you know, he doesn't make the choices that they do. So, like, what do we we don't got to do nothing to him. Yeah. So the uh, the surviving guy, his name was Frank Goosenberg. Goose. The goose. The gooseman. Uh, so he was alive and conscious when the actual police arrived. All right. So despite having 14 bullet wounds. Isn't that funny? 14 bullet wounds. This guy's just alive and talking. That's some 50 cent shit right there. Right? Like, how do you do that? Dude. When, all right. So when asked by the police uh, who committed the crime, Gusenberg, depending on the accounts that you believe, he either said, no one shot me or police did it. Yeah. Either way. That uh, sounds like so, a mafia answer. I would, honestly, yeah, dude. I mean, and that's respect. Like, that's the mafia ways. Like, even if it's an opposing gang... Like you don't snitch. Like that's not that's not in the cards, kid. You know? Yeah, I would imagine that. Um, I I mean, personally for me, I'm gonna go with the fact that he said it was a cop. That seems like a more mafia answer. Yeah, I'm, and they were dressed as cops, so there you go. And it's like that one's perfect to me because it is like that's what he saw. He's not lying to you, no. you know. And that's kind of what they do is like they're not gonna lie to your face, but they're gonna, not tell, gonna you, tell you the whole truth, you know. They're gonna tell you a false truth for sure. There you go. It's through a different light. All right. Uh and that's that's all the cops got out of him because he died in a hospital uh, about three hours later. Right. Which is probably good. That would probably be a terrible life if he just went on living. Uh but fourteen fourteen bullet, bullet wounds. wounds. That is that's mesmerizing. And at least one of those was like a buckshot. Like that's that's terrible. Anyway, uh, so ju- but just to reiterate, Moran wasn't there, right? Okay, though he was totally supposed to be. Uh, uh-huh. Some accounts say that he was even seen in the area prior to the massacre, but who knows? All right. So, but in any case, he lived on. He was just out. He was free. Everything's uh, semi okay for him. He just lost a lot of people, but he's still alive. But this all begs the question of who the fuck were those dudes in the police getups with the guns? You know, like, well, and that's the that's the million dollar question. Now, the very you know, this is a very juvenile response, okay? Um, but just something that would seem to make sense. And I know it sounds a bit Hollywood, but I could see it being a reality. This is my perspective on this. What all right? Yeah. So I'm thinking that it was pretty much a mutual agreement between the North and the South. Um, Obviously, yeah, you know, the Italians and the Irish, whatever. Um, But it's a mutual agreement. And the reason I believe this is that shit like this did happen a lot where it's like 
yeah, you can't just go to war over a disagreement. But there's always got to be tips that you give to each other, you know, or yeah. tokens. And perhaps this was Moran's way of protecting himself and his legacy um, by, you know, like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna X and A. I ain't gonna go. Um, but I'm gonna let you do this. Like, you guys go ahead. We'll call what you know. We'll call whatever the the issue is even, and this is how it plays out. So you're saying like he just threw bodies at a problem and hoped it would solve it? In a way, I think it was just it, like I'm going to sacrifice these dudes to you and, and an optometrist. You I can do. have the dog if you want. Let me think on this for a minute. I okay. we'll be right back. We're and Mr. Alex is here, so we're going to go oh, let him Lord. in the home. We'll yeah, be we'll back. be right back. Anywho, and we're back. We're back. Alex is in the room. That that's what I thought happened. Yes, that's my perception <laughs> of Almost reality. Completely forgot. What you, no, throwing bodies at the problem. That's what it was. Yeah, I, see, I'm thinking more, not necessarily throwing bodies at the problem. I'm thinking of this more. So you got to think Hollywood here. I know that we said that's like not how it works, but you got to think Hollywood here. It's like, but like negotiating people's lives for like debts is pretty crazy. Oh yeah, but you I mean, know, just randos. They're just like, yeah, I like these guys. You can kill them. Are we cool now? <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yeah, it's not like, chill. You know, this happened, this happened, well, let's call it even, we'll do this. Or maybe it's some wild fucking third-party bastard that's just out there to have a good time. Exactly, like, let's exactly. Let's cause some problems out here, guys. Who the let's fuck knew it. were those guys? Many at the time believed that it actually was the police. And others reasonably thought that it was members of the, or men hired by, uh, the Southside Gang with Capone, you know? So Capone, uh, he had an alibi, however, because okay. he was in fucking Miami soaking up the sun. All right, all right. All right, so he was just bathing in the sun, but it still could have been his guys, you know. Uh, some evidence points to a uh, close ally of his named Machine Gun Jack McGurn, which kind of uh, falls in line with what happened. He's jerking McGurk, dude. Jerking McGurn. Uh, so he was, he was in the area at the time of the massacre. People saw him, all right? They saw him on his face on the street. But uh, he had an alibi as well, because uh, a pretty biased alibi, but it was an alibi nonetheless. He claimed that he was in bed at the time with his beautiful blonde golfer girlfriend, Louise Rolf. What a beautiful girl! At the time, because you know it was Valentine's Day. It kind of makes sense. Anyway, so news outlets at the time actually dubbed her the blonde alibi, which apparently has become a, a term. Or like a phrase. You're the blonde alibi. Use. It's a nice way of calling you a cunt. There you go. McGurn was uh, charged with the massacre, but never brought to trial, purportedly, due to his blonde alibi. All right, all so right. So most just assumed that he was the orchestrator of the whole thing under the, the request of Capone. So, very recently, actually, like 80-ish years after the massacre took place, a uh, new theory emerged that posited that a gangster, not even in the conversation, like you were saying, just a rogue dude, uh, may have been responsible. And his name was William White, a.k.a. Three-Fingered Jack. Willie White. Willie White. Uh, whose cousin had died in a bar fight with one of Moran's men at the time. Good. Okay? So some evidence that could, you know, point towards this being real. Uh, White's father was a policeman. Allowing him some semblance of access to, you know, policeman garb. Okay, all okay, right. Okay, so he could just get all the shit. Uh, another being the fact that witnesses at the time claimed that the driver of the getaway car was a missing fingers. Three-fingered jack in there. Okay. Uh, that was on top of the fact that this level of brutality 
when it came to like carrying out a murder seemed like something that would be done out of passion rather than business. Wouldn't you say? I, yeah. It's like lining up dudes, shooting them in the back 70 times. Like, that's insane. But see, also, I don't. it's hard to tell with the fucking mafia because it's like, you don't know... To me, now this is just me. This is my. This is Grant's opinion here. This is. This means nothing yeah. to anyone but myself. For me, like a personal attack would be a lot more like. I, that didn't sound right. It would be a lot less. <laughs> a lot less of a surprise. It would be much more, just out in the open, just like, hey, go fuck yourself. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm three fingered Joe. I'm just well, shoot you. you can still. Do like a crime of passion and have it like well planned out. I mean, they did a whole transaction before this one just to get them comfortable. And you it know, is it could point. just be like mass deception. I, you'll never sway an me, entire Jesse. gang. You'll never sway me. <laughs> well, they. I mean, they still did spare the dog, right? That's fair. Okay, that's fair. I understand. I mean, I yeah, don't highball is alive. Don't get me wrong. Not anymore, but he was at the time. I get it if the dog had to die. You know, I understand. It's like it, this. It, Highball it, did not need to die, and he didn't. Okay, hey, we don't know. Let's maybe just relish in that. Maybe he was a dick. Maybe he bit mailmans and sh- mailmen. I don't <laughs> mailmans. Know. Maybe he was fucking. <laughs> maybe he was just a public nuisance. Yeah, and that's why he was tied up to a car because it was like uh, this guy will fucking kill somebody. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Let me, so sure, they they spared the dog, but these seven dudes that died, they weren't necessarily like pivotal members of the Northside Gang. All right, one okay. of them was a fucking optometrist. It was like what? Anyway, so passion seemed like uh, it definitely warmed its way into the massacre. Another thing that uh, you know takes Capone out of the running for orchestrator. Moran went on living after this took place. Like, really? Like, what was stopping him from going back to Showfield's flower shop and wasting him like he did the other two leaders of the gang? You know? That's a good, uh, it's a good question. It, but he, he just went on living. So, uh, he, he knew, you know, he knew where he operated out of. Another thing that kind of muddies the waters, William White, three-fingered Jack, he was supposedly in jail at the time. Alibi! <laughs> so, who the, who the fuck were those guys? That's, There's I mean, no answers. I think that's the whole point. See, it's the same thing with the, the mafia. You get these outsiders, right? Yeah. Then no one has any questions. No one has any questions. Well, unfortunately for Capone, the William White theory came eight decades too late. So pretty much everyone was under the assumption that it was all connected to him, right? Uh, which led to the federal government and President Hoover specifically to try to get him out uh, on get him on any count, really. Uh, that they could, yeah. So it right. like it just like the, this massacre definitely like put into motion their uh, hunt, right? The hunt. They were just hunting for this guy, uh, and you know they were successful in the form of tax evasion, the old fuckaroo. Okay, after about eleven years, after an eleven-year sentence and a substantial amount of time in Alcatraz, where he began deteriorating health-wise due to unaddressed syphilis. He was released from prison on November 16th of 1939, and the effects of the disease took hold, and for the last eight years of his life, before his death on January 25th of 1947, he had the mental capacity and mindset of a 12-year-old child. Damn, what a fall from grace. How about that? Yeah, how about that? So that's the massacre there, St. Valentine's Day. Yeah, and that, that it qualifies. It certainly qualifies as a massacre. 
we're talking a lot of corpses uh, over the course of... I mean, it's just like someone spilled chili in that fucking warehouse. It was crazy afterward. We are talking double-digit murders in the course of about two calendar years. Um, and a good significant chunk of those that happened... It just, it just this one instance happened in a matter of uh, probably 90 seconds. Yeah. No, it was just, real quick. And like I said earlier, they were turned into uh, meat sauce. There's no other explanation. Nice. Yeah. Picture a nice hearty dish of uh, spaghetti. Um, no meatballs, though. The meatballs are broken up into the sauce, and you kind of you know, eat Those it are like the a eyeballs. slop. Those are uh, uh, the dog's turds or something. I don't know. Think of that, but instead of uh, beef with some nice seasonings and you know a nice red sauce... We're talking cartilage and bone and guts and chunks of skin. And it's your optometrist. Possibly even, you know, some, some brain matter. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of issues that... <laughs> Think of that. You're going to need a team of sanitation experts to get in there and screw up that place down. It's best just burn it down. Yeah, you that's know, how you that get point, some hauntings. You know, you get like... I mean, untie highball much. first, but burn it down. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you're fucked. But the Valentine's Day Massacre, that's just one instance of, I mean, I guess without a better word to describe it with, enormous murder. <laughs> just enormous murder. <laughs> it was murder. so big, this murder, yeah. Um, This happened pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say regularly, but common enough to where it was like, oh, that happened again? Yeah. It, was, it all started because they took away fucking booze. Just have a drink and be cool. Yeah, it's you sort know? of, it's, this might ruffle some feathers. It's sort of like the common day uh, mass shooting or like a school shooting. Yeah, they happen like every day. It happens often enough to where it's not surprising when you hear that shit in the news. It's no, like, oh, I find myself okay. wondering what the hell's going on. There hasn't been a shooting in a couple of days. Yeah, it's like well, that's weird, man. Like you know, you know, nothing's, no one's like been... nothing feels right, but everything's good, and it's not real. A I don't group, know. A group of people weren't brutally murdered in public recently. What's going on with us? Yeah. That's not that's not like us. But yeah, that is the Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah. And it's How about that? it's a fucked up one because That was like almost 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. 92 we are, or something. We're very rapidly approaching the 100 year mark on that. It'll be a century. And there were since cars that event and everything. Occurred. This is a crazy being in the future. But yeah, I'm hoping that this will be the start of some more uh, gang slash mafia related activity we do on the show. Yeah, because it's very, it's very intriguing. It's it's true crime with some extra steps because it's not really a secret of like, well, who done it. It's more like we know who did it, but like why, when, and just again, why? It's a, yeah, it's like crime with a smoking jacket. It's a bit more classy. Yeah, it's, it, it always has a solid explanation, but never the answer that you're expecting. That's what's great about it. Yeah. So how about that? How about that? Yeah, so that was, uh, like Grant said, gangster stuff. Maybe we'll do more of that later. I know I, I want to cover Richard Kuklinski at one point. At did some point. That? I thought we maybe did that already. No, we've mentioned him. Up? We've mentioned him, but no, nah, dude, we got we to gotta do that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough one. I can't believe we didn't. That one's just interesting. Right? That guy doing the tree on people. And see, what's even more interesting about him is the fact... Well, I mean, for those of you that know uh, Richard Kuklinski or the Iceman... Don't give uh, too much away. We'll, no, obviously not. We don't want to unload. There, there's no way of knowing if anything he said or, like, the, the sheer volume of what he said is true. 
But it doesn't change the fact that it's insane. The things that can be corroborated are fucked. Yeah, so it's... <laughs> it's awesome. Like, it, it's immediately just one of the coolest things you'll ever experience. But yeah. So he'll go on the list. Uh, our list is fucking expanding, dude. We got people reaching out to us uh, asking for specific topics. I don't know if you saw that one on Instagram. That was great. They gave us, like, three suggestions. Wherever I, you are, hello. I actually have not. I'm sorry. I've been slacking a little bit this week. I've been very I, busy. Uh, yeah, I answered it. It was good. Okay, perfect. It was good. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been falling behind a little bit. Uh, just that's about it. But yeah, I'll, for, I'll, for those of you that usually reach out to us, Grant is usually the one to respond. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but I caught that one. Nice. It was mine. I uh, right. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, don't worry. And if it's out there and it's unanswered, I will answer it. Just get, just give me a minute. Oh, let he'll me, do it. He's going through it. files. All these all these files he's got to go through. Yeah, I've got cabinets upon cabinets of emptiness. Oh, that good I just, lord! Yeah, they're all just full of computers and different Manila folders. You know how hard it is to organize nothing. It's damn near impossible. There's no pattern to it. I can't put it where I want to put it because it's it doesn't exist. But anyway. <laughs> that's the episode for that the is week, the guys. episode yeah so we are starting a call you can follow us on all the shit instagram facebook and twitter we're on youtube you can like and subscribe there Absolutely. a lot of people loving the finders episode a lot of people telling me that that's how they got into us it's pretty funny because that was interesting that was just a random ass episode it was awesome yeah we were pretty much that was one of those weeks it was like what do we do it was like tuesday night how about like, the finders this let's just fuck around and see it, what this oh, is oh youtube loves it but and anyway yeah, you guys you guys fucking love it so Cool, you guys are cool. Cool beans, bro. Yeah, I mean, uh, startacult at gmail.com. Email us anything you want. And uh, what else? We got the Patreon down below. Yes, we do. It's always New there. New Patreon episode coming at you this coming Thursday. You're 100% welcome to join us and listen to us a little bit more. A lot of times we just talk about work and Navi, the dog. Yeah, and, Navi's uh, typically very present on he's those He's very episodes. vocal, that he, guy. He likes to be around... Um, so yeah, you can get your Navi updates. Uh, you know, if you guys are into him, he's he, getting bigger still. He's real big. Yeah, he's he's a fucking moose. This it's, guy's a fucking yacht. It's alarming how, it's at the speed that he grows. Um, one day he will consume this house, and I will have to leave. And there's nothing I can do about that because um, I just cannot bring myself to killing a dog. He grows at the speed and intensity with which we love you. That's a good one. There you go. Anyway, so yeah, we are starting a call. Thank you, guys. This is Grant, and I'm Jake, and Alex is here. Alex, you want to do bananas this week? He's doing it. Hell dude. yeah. We got a new guy. All right, so thank you. Goodbye. Banana. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.